Sponsored by Rabbi Shlemi and Mirla Greenwald. This is a sicha from Lukot HaSichas, Chedek Yudbeis, Parshas Bukhukaisai, Sicha Aleph. And the topic of the sicha is that in this week's Parsha, we learn about the mitzvah of Meiser Behema. And this sicha is a seam of Meseches Becheris and a seam of Meseches Heiris. And there are five parts in the sicha. The Rebbe will, number one, present and explain the seam of Meseches Becheris, where there we're going to learn the opinions of Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yehuda about the mitzvah of Meiser Behema. Number two, state that we can understand the opinion of Rabbi Meir in the Siyum of Meseches Becheris based on what Rabbi Meir holds elsewhere. Number three, present the Siyum of Meseches Heiris, where the Rabbi Meir is also involved. Number four, ask four questions on the Siyum in Meseches Heiris. And number five, answer the four questions. And based on that answer, we'll see the connection between Rabbi Meir in the Siyum of Meseches Heiris and what Rabbi Meir teaches in the Siyum of it's written at the end of our parashal, And this is the mitzvah of Meiser Behema, that every tenth animal is Kodesh Lashem. And as the Mishnah teaches, towards the end of Meseches Becheris, how does a person give meiser from his animals? He brings them into a pen. He makes for them a small opening. And he counts them with a stick. One, two. And the one that goes out tenth, he marks it with this red ink that was on the stick. And he says, this one is meiser. Now from this pasuk, we learn another din about meiser be'ema as it's taught in the final Mishnah of Meseches Becheris. It says over there, Kara Lachi'i Asiri, Vala Asiri Chi'i, Ula Achad Osir Asiri, Shloshton Mekudoshin. If a person called the ninth animal, the tenth, and then he called the tenth, the ninth, and then he called again the eleventh, the tenth. So on the ninth he said, it's the tenth. On the tenth he said, it's the ninth. And on the eleventh he also called it the tenth. So then all three are Kaidish. And the Gemara there explains, Minayan Shim Kara Lichi Asiri, Ula Asiri Chi'i, Ula Achad Asar Asiri, Shashloshtan Mikudashin. From where do we know this? That in this case all three of them are Kaidish. Talmud Lamer, the Pasik tells us, Vichol Masar Bakaritsain, Kurl Ashar Yavar Tachas Ashavit, Ha Siri Yakadish. It says Vichol Master Bakaritsain. It doesn't say Master Bakaritsain, it says Vichol Master Bakaritsain. It comes to include also these other ones that are not actually the tenth, but he called them the tenth. And that's the case where a person called the ninth and the eleventh the tenth, and he called the tenth the ninth. And in that case, all three of them are Mukudoshin. However, regarding the Gdusha of the 11th animal that we said, Shloshtan Mekudoshin, all three, the 9th, 10th, and 11th, so in the Mishnah over there, it presents that there's an argument between Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yehuda. And the Mishnah says, Va'achad Aser, and the 11th one, Karev Shlomim, is brought as a carbon Shlomim, Va'aisetmura Divri Rabbi Meir. And you can make a Tmura from it, these are the words of Rabbi Meir. That means Rabbi Meir holds that... If a person says about a different animal that it should be the Tmura of this 11th one, it should be in place of it, then this other animal becomes Kaddish as well. Amar Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda said to this of Rabbi Meir, tmura, tmura. Could a Tmura make a Tmura? Meaning Rabbi Yehuda is saying that the fact that this 11th animal is Kaddish itself is just like the Gdusha of a Tmura. And the halacha is that you can't make a Tmura 
from the Gdusha of an animal that it itself is only a Tmura. The Mishnah continues, Amru Mishum Rabbi Meir, they said in the name of Rabbi Meir, Ilu Haya Tmura, Loi Haya Karev. If this animal was considered a Tmura, then you would not be able to bring it as a carbon on the Mizbeach. The fact that you could bring it as a carbon on the Mizbeach, like it says, that's according to all opinions, indicates that it's not the Kedusha of a Tmura, but rather it's the Kedusha of the original Meiser. Meaning, what are we saying here? Rabbi Yudah holds that the Kedusha of the 11th is only like the Kedusha of Tmura's Meiser. Because by calling it the 10th, by calling the 11th animal the 10th, even though it's really the 11th, it's as if he said the 11th should be the Tmura of the 10th. And therefore he rules, since it's only a Tmura, that the 11th cannot make a Tmura, because the rule is according to everybody that ain't Tmura, is a Tmura. Rabbi Meir holds that the Gdusha of the 11th is not like Tmura's Meiser, but rather through calling it the 10th, it gets the original Gdusha of Meiser. It's like the original Meiser itself, and therefore it is able to make a Tmura, because it's the original Gdusha that's in it. And from the original Gdusha, you could make a Tmura. And Rabbi Meir brings a proof in the Mishnah from the fact that the 11th may be brought on the Mizbech. It's Kariv Shlamim. Because if it had the din of a Tmura, it would not be able to be brought on the Mizbech. Because Rabbi Meir holds that Tmura Smeiser may not be brought on the Mizbech. And so if you could bring it on the Mizbech, it shows that it's not Tmura Smeiser, but rather it has in it the original Gdusha of Meiser. However, the Gemara explains that Rabbi Yehuda holds, in order to answer this point of Rabbi Meir, that Tumurus Meiser may be brought on the Mizbech. You could bring a carbon from Tumurus Meiser. And therefore, the fact that it may be brought on the Mizbech doesn't prove that it's not like a Tumura, but rather it is like a Tumura, according to Rabbi Yehuda. And it could be brought on the Mizbech, that's not a problem. However, you can make a Tumura from it because Ein Tumura, Oisa Tumura. So here we have an arrow pointing upwards because this is an explanation of what we just learned. So regarding the explanation of the argument between Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Huda, whether like Rabbi Meir that the 11th has the Gdusha of Kedusha's Meiser, or whether like Rabbi Huda that the 11th just has the Gdusha of Tumurus Meiser, so we can say as follows. Rabbi Huda says that calling the 11th the 10th doesn't have the power to create the original Gdusha of Meiser in the animal because that Gdusha of the original Kedusha of Meiser only goes to the animal that is really the 10th. And the reason that when a person calls the 11th by the name 10th, he says it's the 10th, it gets Kedusha, is because the Kedusha of the 10th extends to it. It's the way Kedusha operates, that it could extend. And therefore it has a din, like that of a Tmura, which is the same idea of extending the Kedusha of a carbon onto Chulun. What's a Tmura? That a person says about an animal that's Chulun, that it should be a Tmura of the carbon. And what happens is, the Kedusha of the carbon extends to it. And that's very similar to this case, where we have the animal that's really the Meiser animal, the 10th one, and a person calls the 11th one, he calls it the 10th, so it extends the Kedusha onto it. So that's the type of Kedusha that it gets. And that's the reason, reason the 11th is unable to make a Tmura. He says, A Tmura cannot make a Tmura. Because only the original level of Kedusha has the strength to be extended. Because it itself is the source of the Kedusha. So it's powerful enough to be extended. But if what we're talking about over here is itself, if it itself is only the extension of Kedusha, the Kedusha that this animal has, then it's not strong enough to be extended further. So that's the opinion of Rabbi Huda. Rabbi Meir, however, holds, the Torah was Mechadesh Adin by Gzeris HaMelech. We have a Pasuk over here. It says, Kol Ma'asar Bakar 
So the Torah was mechadish adin by Gzeres HaMelech, that by calling the 11th, the 10th, it does have the power to create a Kedusha in it, an original Kedusha. And it's not just an extension of the Kedusha of the 10th. And he brings a proof to his opinion that it's not like a Tumura and an extension. It's not that type of Kedusha that was extended from the original source, from the fact that it may be brought on the Mizbech. Because if it's like the Kedusha of a Tumura, just the extension type of Kedusha, then just like Tumura Smeiser, according to Rabbi Meir, may not be brought on the Mizbech. And why not? Because it's not a strong enough Kedusha. So it can't be brought in the Mizbech. So so too the 11th shouldn't be able to be brought in the Mizbech either. Since it's only the extension of the Kedusha. It's just the Hispashtus of the Kedusha, which is not a strong enough Kedusha to be brought in the Mizbech. And since it is able to be brought in the Mizbech, like we said, it's Kariv Shlomim, that proves that it has its own original Kedusha. So what it boils down to is how they view it. Do they view it as the original source of Kedusha? Or do they view it as just an extension of the original source? And then it becomes weakened and it cannot be passed further. So up to this point, we presented the opinions of Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Huda, and we explained the opinions of Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Huda. Now we're going to move on to analyze and discuss each of the opinions separately. We're going to start with Rabbi Huda. And so there's a question over here on the opinion of Rabbi Huda, and that is, what compels Rabbi Huda to say that the Kedusha of the 11th animal is just an extension of the Kedusha of the 10th? Why does he explain it this way? Simply, when we look at it, the teaching from the Pasuk, V'chol Masar Bakar it seems to be saying that all of them, all of them, all of the Meiser, in this scenario where a person called the 9th, the 10th, the 10th, the 9th, and the 11th, the 10th, all of them are the same as one another. And it's like many dinim in Kachim, that it's a din mechudosh, that the Torah is telling us this thing is kaidish. So if that's the simple meaning of the Pasuk, what compels Rabbi Huda to say that no, there are levels over here, there are layers, there is the original Kedusha, and then there's a Kedusha that extends to the other animals. Why doesn't he just explain it like it simply seems to be saying in the Pasuk, that in this scenario the Pasuk tells us, v'chol maser bakar v'tzayin, all of them are kaidish. And like we said, it's a din mechudush, like we have many din mechudshim, that they are a din mechudush. So to answer this question, Rabbi Yehuda, we're taught that the din is, that this gdusha that goes onto the ninth and eleventh animals, is only chal, it only goes into effect on the ninth and the eleventh animals. But not further than that, not on the eighth and the twelfth. And the Gemara explains the reason for this is, Mahu just like he himself is not Kaddish, but by being close to it, we're talking about the actual tenth animal. It's the closest thing to the tenth. It's actually the tenth. So just like it is close to itself and it's Kaddish, so after so to the mistake only is what's close to it. Only the ninth and the eleventh, but not further. So this shows that the Gdusha of Taos Meiser isn't a Din Mechudosh. It's not like a totally new Din that the 9th and 11th suddenly become Kaddish. That they get their own original Gdusha as if they are Meiser. Because, because if that's the case, then why wouldn't it apply to the 8th and the 12th? If it's saying that this animal becomes Kaddish when you give it a name, so that should apply to the 8th animal and the 12th animal as well. So we must say that, what's the explanation? That it's, it, it just extends the Gdusha of the 10th. And since it's just an extension of the Kedusha, of the original Kedusha, but it's not the original Kedusha itself, so therefore it only has the power to go to those that are close to the 10th. Because when you're extending something, it could extend only to whatever distance it's able to extend. And in this case, it could only extend to one before it and one after it. So this would be the explanation for the opinion of Rabbi Huda, because he finds a clear teaching that indicates 
that it's the extension of Kedusha and not the original Kedusha itself. Now we're going to move on to the main part of the Sikha, where here we're going to present an explanation for the opinion of Rabbi Meir. So it's an arrow pointing upwards because it's explaining what we learned. So to explain the proof of Rabbi Meir from the Din, that the 11th may be brought on the Mizbeach, that was his proof, because it's brought on the Mizbeach, so that shows that it has its own personal Kedusha, the original Kedusha. So in order to explain this, we can say that it fits with his opinion elsewhere. And from here we're going to go to a new Gemara, we're going to go to the end of Mesechus Heries. We're going to elaborate on the Gemara over there with questions and answers, and based on that, it's going to shed light on the opinion of Rabbi Meir over here at the end of Mesechus Bacharis. Now we're going to move on to the end of Mesechus Heries, where there's a fascinating story, and the Gemara over there, there's a lot more details. But here we're going to present the details that are brought down in the Sikha. So it says at the end of Masechus Hayrius, the Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Nossin, who at the time Rabbi Nossin was the Av Bezdin, and Rabbi Meir was the Chacham, they wanted to remove Rabbi Shim Ben Gamliel, who was the Nasi at the time, from his Nasius through asking him to teach them Masechus Uksin, which he didn't know. And then they would say, it says in the Pasuk, Mi Amalek Vurs Hashem, who should be the one to say the teachings of Hashem? Yashmi Akoti someone who could say all the teachings. And since you're unable to, through that, they were going to remove him. However, it didn't work out because that night, Rabbi Shim ben Gamliel learned Masechus Uksin, and when the next day they asked him to say, talk about Masechus Uksin, he was able to do so. As a result of this incident, they gave Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Nassan a knas, that they wouldn't say teachings in their names, and they called Rabbi Meir from then on with the name Acherim and Rabbi Nassan with the name Yesh Aimrim. So when it says Acherim Aimrim, it refers to Rabbi Meir, and when it says Yesh Aimrim, it refers to Rabbi Nassan. In continuation, the Gemara over there relates that at a later point in time, Rebbe taught Shim and his son the following teaching. And this is the teaching from the mission at the end of Becheris. So he taught him this teaching, and Shimon asked his father why they don't say his name. He said, who are these people that we drink their waters, but we don't say their names? And... Rebbe responded to him, these are people who wanted to uproot your honor and the honor of your father. And Shimon responded, but there's a Pasuk that says, Gam avosom, gam sinosom, gam kinosom, kvar ovda. it's all gone, it's all lost. As a result of all this, they changed the Mishnah to the way we have it, the way we said at the beginning of the Sikha, instead of, it was changed to, Amru Mishum Rabbi Meir, now afterwards, the Gemara teaches that the Rabban Shim Ben Gamliel and the Rabbanon argue about the following matter. One of them says that Sinai is preferable. A Talmud Chacham who knows a lot of the Allahs or all of the Allahs, that's preferable. The other one said no. Someone who's a Talmud Chacham that goes to great, great depth that's preferable. So they sent a question to Eretz Yisrael, which one is preferable? They sent back to them, Sinai Adif, Sinai is better. The Amar Mar for the Master said, everyone needs the wheat. The basics are much more necessary, are much more important. And so, everyone needs the owner of the wheat. Also here, everyone needs a Sinai who knows all of the halachas more than someone who asks very deep questions and goes deeply into the discussion. And there are four questions here. 
The first question is, we have to understand, what's the connection between the argument of Rabban Shem Ben Gamliel and the Rabbanon about Sinai Adif or Eikar Harim Adif to the discussion between Rabban Shem Ben Gamliel and Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Nassan, the whole thing that happened over there with Mesechtas Uktsin when they tried to remove Rabbi, Rabbi Shem Ben Gamliel. What's the connection between these two discussions in the Gemara? That right after that whole story, the Gemara presents this argument about Sinai and Eikar Harim. So it's explained in the Sefer Be'er Sheva that the connection is that it's brought here by the story of Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Nassan who wanted to remove Rabbi Shimon Gamliel because Rabbi Shimon Gamliel wasn't a Sinai like them. And Rabbi Shimon Gamliel and the Rabbanon argue which one is greater. Meaning, what are we saying here? That Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Nassan had the greatness of Sinai and as we see they even knew Masechtas Uktsin and Rabbi Shimon Gamliel was a Hoiker Harim. He went very deep. And that was the basis for their disagreement. And so in continuation to this, the Gemara presents the argument between Rabbi Shem and Gamliel over Rabbanon. Which, what's greater, the Sinai or Eikar Harim? Because Rabbi Shem and Gamliel said that Eikar Harim is greater. And the Rabbanon said, and that refers to Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Nassim's opinion, that a Sinai is greater. However, according to this, it's difficult from the following teachings that indicate that Rabbi Meir was actually a Eikar Harim and not a Sinai. The Gemara in Sanhedrin, there's three different Gemaras that we're going to bring here. The Gemara in Sanhedrin says, Anyone who sees Rabbi Meir in the base of Medrash, it's as if he is not just Oikar Harim, but Oikar Hare Harim. He uproots mountains of mountains and grinds them together. So to the contrary, we see over here, it's written clearly that Rabbi Meir was Oikar Hare Harim. Also, it says in Masechus Erevin, that there's no one in the generation of Rabbi Meir like him. And why didn't they establish the Allah like him? Because they couldn't get to the depth of his understanding. So we see again over there, the great depth, the Iker Harim part of Rabbi Meir. Also, it says in the Gemara over there in Erevin, Talmud Hayalayla Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir had a Talmud, not him, his student, his name was Sumchus, that he said on each item of Tumah, 48 reasons, which reasons reflect the depth, 48 reasons for it being Tumah. And for each item that was Tar, he gave 48 reasons for why it's Tar. So we see that even the student of Rabbi Meir was a Eikar Harim. And also we find in the Gemara of Saita, it says over there, that originally Rabbi Meir came before Rabbi Kiva to learn from him, came and delayed, since he wasn't able to get and understand what he was saying. So he went to Rabbi Shmuel, and he learns Gemara, which means he learned all the Mishnayas, all the teachings, all the halachas. And then Hadar Then he came before Rabbi Kiva and Savar Svara. And Rashi says that means Lamid al Iker time Mishnah to get to the reasons, the Iker time of the Mishnah, and to understand one thing from within another thing, which again reflects the idea of going deeply, depth, which is a Iker Harim. So we see that even when he was still just a student of Rabbi Kiva, he still was able to understand Iker time Mishnayas. So we see clearly that he was more of a Eikaharim than a Sinai. And so, we're going to go back to our original question, what's the connection between the Pligiba teaching in the Gemara after the whole story that involved Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Nassan and Rabbi Shimon ben Gamaliel? 
coming back to the four questions, the second question is, when they gave Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Nassan a knas, why did they choose Acherim for Rabbi Meir and Yesh Eirim for Rabbi Nassan? The third question is, we find many Mishnayas where the name of Rabbi Meir is mentioned. So how does it fit with the Gemara over here? And it's difficult to say that all of those Mishnayas, they were all before this incident, and there's only very few Mishnayas where it says Acherim, where that, those Mishnayas were said after this incident. And the fourth question is, why in the story with Rabbi and his son Shimon, does it say what the teaching of Rabbi Meir was, and then also repeat it? The Gemara says that they, they were learning a teaching of Acherim Oimrim, Ilu Hayatumur Eloi Hayakarev. Why does it have to say what the teaching was? Why doesn't it just say they were learning, and it said Acherim Oimrim, and he asked, how come we're learning their teachings and not saying their names? And then also afterwards, it says they changed it, and then it said, Omru Mishum Rabbi Meir, and then it says, what did they say? Why does it say it originally? And then also repeat it a second time. So we're going to begin to answer the four questions with first presenting the main point of the answer. So the explanation of all of this is as follows. The explanation regarding the continuation of the sugya, that what is the whole discussion of Sinai and Oika Harim have to do with the story of Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Nassan, and is according to what the Be'er Sheva says, meaning that the story with Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Nassan resulted from their argument with Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel, whether Sinai Adif or Eker Haram Adif. And that's why that's what the Gemara presents after the story, because that's the basis for the argument. However, who is who is reversed? Meaning, Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Nassan, they had the greatness of Eker Haram, like we proved earlier, and Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel, he had the greatness of Sinai. Not the way that the Be'er Sheva says, the other way around. And this is actually also implied in the wording of the Gemara, where it says, And it says, And it's known that when it says that there are two two different opinions that argue, and then it says what each what one of them say and what the other one says, and it doesn't say who says what, then we say is the first one said the first thing, so first. So he said the first thing, He said Sinai. And then we have Rabbanon, which is Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Nassim, they're the ones that said, and even though it says Rabbi Shimon Gamliel didn't learn Masechus Oksin, which seems to imply that he wasn't a Sinai, so it doesn't mean that he didn't know it at all, because then how did he learn it in one night, without being taught by a Chacham, which is also not fitting with the honor of the Nasi. So if he indeed did learn it through a Chacham, the Gemara would have made mention of that. But rather what it means is that he didn't learn it with all the depth. And according to this, it makes sense why they chose Masechus Oksin, besides for the fact that it's the last Masechta and may not be as well known, according to what we just explained, that it had to do with their depth, we understand why they chose Oktsin. Because it says in Masechta's Brachas about Rav Yehuda that all of their learning was in the Zikin. When they came to Oktsin and they learned certain teachings, he said, I'm seeing like the greatest discussions of Rav and Shmuel here. And like Rashi says, meaning to say, the reason for these Mishnais is difficult for me. The reason, the depth, the Ikoharim. And according to this, what we just said, it will be understood why they called Rabbi Meir Acherim. Also, the reason Rabbi Meir holds will be explained to us which was our original, original point about connecting the opinion of Rabbi Meir. Explain the opinion of Rabbi Meir in Meseches Becheris based on what he says elsewhere, which is here. And also why it's why it's brought over here. How come, that was our fourth question. Why is it brought over here and mentioned twice? 
because with this, the opinion of Rabbi Meir is explained. So let's see. Now we're just going to add some more information before answering the other questions. The general argument, whether Sinai Adif or Oikar Haram Adif, is founded in the well-known Chakira, whether Kamos, quantity, outweighs the Echos, the quality, or whether the Echos, the quality, outweighs the Kamos, the quantity. So similarly, we can say here, the greatness of Sinai and Torah, which means a Tamil Chacham who knows all of the Halachas, is in Kamos, in the quantity. And the greatness of Eikaharim in Torah, someone who goes into great depth, is in Echos, the quality. And the argument is which one is greater. And the argument is which one is greater. Rabbi Shimon Gamaliel holds that Kamas, the quantity, is the main thing. And Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Nassan hold that Echos, the quality, is the main thing. Now we're going to move on to answer the second question. According to this, it will be understood why they called Rabbi Meir by the name Acherim, because they are meaning to say that he was an entirely different category, because Rabbi Meir fits with Echos, his quality was totally different, an entirely different Echos, and therefore, even when they gave them a knas, not to say teachings in their names, they wanted to use a name that would reflect his greatness, that he was an Oikar Harim, and therefore they called him Acherim, whereas Yesh Oimrim doesn't indicate that he's an entirely different category, and just that he has a different approach. It's different than the approach that was taken by the Nasi, which is that Kamas is stronger. He takes a different approach. He takes that of Echos. And even though Rabbi Nasan was also an Eiko Harim, so it wasn't just another approach. It was, it would seem that it would fit better with Acherim, entirely different. Nevertheless, it's understood that there are a number of levels in this um, approach of Eiko Harim. And Rabbi Meir was a greater Eiko Harim. And like it says about him, like we said, he was he uprooted mountains of mountains and ground them, would grind them together. And so that's why Rabbi Meir was called Acherim and Rabbi Nassan was called Yeshaimim. Now we're going to move on to answer the fourth question about why the actual and specific teaching of Rabbi Meir is mentioned in the story with Rabbi and his son Shimon and also why it's repeated a second time. And in the process we're also going to answer or explain the very first point of how he got into this in the first place, which was, what's the connection between the opinion of Rabbi Meir in the end of Masechus Bechiris to his opinion elsewhere? We're going to see over here how this is, how it's connected to his general opinion of Echos, that Echos is is greater than Kamas, and he, that's connected to him being an Eikar Harim. So according to this, we'll understand the Svara of Rabbi Meir for the Din of Tamura. What's the Svara that Ramir has? And through this, we'll understand why the teaching of Ilu Hayatmur, Lohayakarav, is brought here. Why is it mentioned and twice? Because in this opinion of Rabbi Meir, we see his opinion about the greatness of Echos. So it captures his whole opinion, and we'll see why that is important to be mentioned over here. Because Rabbi Meir holds that Echos is the main thing, so therefore, according to him, he prefers to bring a proof that the 11th animal has its own Kudusha from the fact that it's brought on the Mizbeach, than to bring a proof that the 11th animal is just an extension since Eina Miskadeshes, Ela Basamach. Look, it only goes to the nearby animals. That shows that it's, it's, a, it's, it's limited and it can't go further. That means it's not the main Kedusha, it's just a spashtas, an extension. Why does Rabbi Meir prefer one proof over the other? There's a proof in each direction. The proof from Te'usay Eina Miskadeshes, Ela Basamach is related to Kamas. Because the difference between the 9th and the 11th animals on one hand, and the 8th and the 12th animals on the other hand, is in Kamas. It's about which one's closer. That's a matter of qu- kamas, quantity. That the ninth and the eleventh are closer to the tenth. 
and the eighth and the twelfth are further. That's a kamos type of structure. However, the proof and the fact that it is brought on the mizbeach is a matter of echos. It's a quality thing because the fact that an animal can be brought up as a carbon on the mizbeach is a special echos that this animal has. It's a different animal. And therefore, Rabbi Meir, who holds that the main thing is echos, it's all about quality, so he holds that it's not a tmura. Because considering the echos, we see that it has its own kudusha. And how about the point that Rabbi Yehuda makes? Rabbi Yehuda says, look, we see it's it's only a spashtas, an extension, because ta'usa yi'ini miskadeshes alabasamach, it only goes nearby and then it gets weakened. So regarding ta'usa yi'ini miskadeshes alabasamach, we must say that samach is just a simon regarding which animal it is able to be chalon. Meaning, it's not a sibah, it's not a reason, because it's close, so therefore it could reach it, and the one that's further it can't reach, but rather it's a simon, which animal? gets this Gdusha, the one that's close. But it's not the cause. It's not the reason for it, because it's close. But rather, it's just as simon to us. Which animals was this halacha said about? Just the ninth and the eleventh. So in other words, just to explain it in a little bit of different words, it's not the siba, it's the simon. It's not what causes it to be there, it's just a simon for us to know where it applies. And this is why the Gemara says what the teaching was. What was the teaching over here of Mir? The Gemara tells us what it was. Because this teaching shows the opinion, it shows us what the opinion of Mir is and why he was called Acherim. Because he holds, he's, his focus is on Echos, and that's why he's called Acherim, because he's totally different. And this is also why the teaching is repeated again, to hint that even though the Svar in this teaching would have uprooted still he is mentioning the name because of the reason of Rabbi Shimon, that it's all past, that all happened, and they should mention his name. And on the other hand, like the Gemara explains over there at the end of Meseches Hayrius, the Gemara explains this, and it says, he shows that because of he says, Amru Mishum Rabbi Meir. And he does not say Rabbi Meir Amar. He still doesn't say Rabbi Meir said. He said they said in the name of Rabbi Meir. And now we're going to move on to answer the third question. According to this, it's answered very simply why Rabbi Meir is mentioned in many Mishnayas. Even though it said that they're going to call him Acherim after that point. Because only in those Mishnayas, where the teaching of Rabbi Meir is based on his opinion that Echos is greater than Kamas, and that those Mishnayas were said after the above incident, does it say Acherim? But if it happened before the incident, and more importantly, if it doesn't capture in it this opinion of Rabbi Meir, that the Echos is greater, then it doesn't say Acherim, but rather it just says Rabbi Meir.